Lord Jesus Christ come among us and be our companion in life, so that we may not be the instrument of our own or of any other person's oppression. Amen. Good morning. Are you awake? We are here for confirmation and reception. We are here to renew our baptisms and ourselves, and hopefully the world in which we live. We get to begin again today. Isn't that something astounding? After being born again today, we get to re-examine and realign our lives with God, so that when God calls us, we know we're being embraced by God, and we will help our friends and the strangers in this world. Confirmation reception is not a graduation. Do you hear that? Those of you being confirmed, this is not your graduation from Christian formation. Here I am, ordained what, 42 years. I'm still learning stuff. All right? It's a journey, a lifelong journey of discovering God in our lives and understanding the scripture and traditions of the church. It does not end today. Now, you know, on that journey, we grow up with many ideas about God. Think about it. Too often, even when we're very little, and maybe as adults, we, we think of God like an old, wise man with a long, white beard, who has wrath and fear. Sort of like Santa Claus reverse. He's watching you naughty and nice. And there's a book. He's writing in rights and wrongs that we do, and our attendance and everything that we don't and we do. But to quote Amy Farrah Fowler from the Big Bang Theory, I don't object to the concept of a deity, but I am baffled by the notion of one that takes attendance. Hopefully we can get past those notions of God. I believe God is always looking at us, looking at us with love and in love with us, always, no matter what. God is constantly seeking us with love, even when we walk away. And you know, we need, we need God's love. We're facing four pandemics. Pandemic of COVID is still raging. I just heard of another priest coming down with it yesterday. It's not over, folks. The pandemic of racism, where you can be shot or killed or arrested by driving black or Hispanic or Asian. The pandemic of lies and misinformation that are all over the net with all these conspiracy theories and media outlets that just keep pumping us with fear and anger. And the pandemic of violence especially to young people in school. We have a pandemic of gun violence in this country like no other civilized country has. Not one comes close to it. These pandemics take away life and dignity. But the one about lies and misinformation is the one that sometimes scares me the most because it undergirds the other three pandemics. It's like this. I'll confess it. Crunchy peanuts. I love them. They're 
2020, they're orange. I love them. But nobody can tell me that they are turning the form to carrots. And that's what the lies in our society are telling us. Not to believe with our eyes or our ears or our mind. Just take in the food. There is much to depress us, much to separate us, and too much to deny us. Last week I was visiting a church where someone was really upset about migrants coming to this country. She says they're taking over. And I said, taking over what? What are they taking over? She too has been fed into those lies. That anger. That separation. In a few moments, we will vow to proclaim God, the love of God, in word and deed. Not just believe it. Word, that means the truth, and deed. To find and serve Christ in everyone that we find. To work for justice, not fairness. God's justice is about mercy and reconciliation, repairing the breach, as it were. We will vow to respect every human being as a child of God and this creation that God has given us as a precious gift, as we are each a precious, beloved child of God. And we're not alone in this. We can do this because we can do it with God's help. We will say that too. How we seek God will help us to live out these values. We will find out what we're made of and how we are made of these values. Whenever we don't turn our back, but rather help friends and strangers, aliens and migrants, all others who are in need. We are here to remind ourselves and each other that God is seeking us and is with us the most when we're not here. When we feel alone, when we're afraid, even angry, God is seeking us. And we have God's blessing and favor when we act as God desires. Jesus was gathered with a multitude of followers, and he gave us God's hope and dream for us in what we just heard Pat read, uh, our speaker. I'm sorry, the venerable. She is the venerable, as an speaker. She just read God's hope and dreams for They're called the Beatitudes, listing how those are blessed when they act or have life in accordance to these precepts. Now, we use the word blessed a lot when someone sneezes, right? What's the first thing you say? Even the Zoomite means God bless you, okay? <laughs> we say someone is blessed when they're fortunate, when they come into money or position or something works out for them. In church, we bless things and cross ourselves to signify the holy. But when Jesus used the word blessed are, he's saying how and when we receive God's favor and when we are right with God. We are in good favor and right with God when we are humble, even poor in our spirit, in our heart, because that's when we will find the kingdom of heaven. We are blessed when we even mourn 
For God is there to provide comfort and strength if we only turn to listen. We are blessed when we're patient because we will inherit the goodness of God's love in this creation. We're blessed when we seek and do justice because not only will we find it for ourselves, we will enable others to have justice. We're blessed when we're sincere, truthful in our hearts because then we're focused on God and we will see God all around us. We are blessed when we are makers of peace, not just those who pray for it, but work for peace. Because then we are acting like the children of God. In other words, blessing comes to us from God in our relationships with our life and this world. When we're in relationship with others, as we witnessed this week, migrants were lured with lies and dumped on Martha's vineyard without any advance notice. A cruel, deceptive, and political ploy. It was inhumane, disregard for people's lives and dignity. And what world migrants are now refugees in our country. And our church on Martha's Vineyard in Edgartown, St. Andrew's Episcopal Church, immediately responded when they heard they had men. Immediately. They marched with all their forces. They reached out to other churches and the community. They reached out because of their relationship with God to aid God's children who were then in distress. That was St. Andrew's Episcopal Church, who marshaled everything to provide food, clothing. They turned their sanctuary and the parish hall into sleeping quarters. They put beds in the sanctuary, beds in the parish hall. They did everything to make these unfortunate refugees comfortable and have human dignity. They were a blessing. Yes, the people of Edgartown have been blessed. They're fairly affluent. But they became a blessing to those Venezuelan refugees. They knew, like we should know, that we are called to be different. Different, those of us who follow Jesus Christ, and not allow the world's events to define us. That because of God's love and God's favor, we are changed, and we will continue to change this world with love, even if others do not understand it or share it. For many generations, the church has sung the, the, the old hymn, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation. And you know the chorus. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Yes, we need to sing praises to our Lord. But we also need to listen to God singing to us. God sings to us in words that we've heard today in the Beatitudes, in this service of confirmation and reception. When we get to begin again, God is singing to us to embrace life and time in a new way, to change ourselves, to be agents of the whole truth that comes with our spin or agenda and might make us uncomfortable. 
we get to hear God saying, sing a new song. Sing a new song of my love. Sing a new song and find and serve God in all of creation. Which means when we leave here today, we must practice what we hear, what I preach, what we sing, what we know. Today we are empowered with God's favor and blessing if we just grab onto it, which is the very power of love, and then embrace it with others, give it to others to change this world and the times in which we live in, to send through love a stranger to become a friend, just like those people on Martha's Vineyard at St. Andrew's Church. Strangers were turned into friends because they were true children of God. Love that can change hate and fear and anger and stop accepting the world as someone tells you it is. We are here to renew the world and the work of the gospel, not to stand by as spectators, frozen by fear or self-interest, but rather it is time to do and to believe, to do something and be a blessing to someone else. We're not alone in this. We will. We can. With God's help. A young black woman, Amanda Gorman, the youth poet laureate, in a portion of her poem, The Hill We Climb, might be considered a rewriting of the Beatitude, sort of a civic Beatitude. She gave this poem last year at the presidential inauguration, calling us back to live by our democratic principles of equality, common decency, and valuing each other with mutual respect. Those of us who follow Jesus, the same applies to us. How can we be in good favor and right with God? How can we have a right relationship with God if we don't have common decency, if we don't work for equality, and if we don't value the person sitting next to us or across the street from us with mutual respect? That's how we see God. That's God's reveal to us in our relationship with others. It's how we can be a blessing in this time and in this world. Amanda Gordon Gorman said this in her poem, quote, Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own fig and vine tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we have made. That is the promised blade. The hill we climb, if only we dare. For while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. The era, this is the era of just redemption, to offer hope and life to ourselves. We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be. But one thing is certain. If we merge might with mercy and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and we change our children's birthday. So let us leave behind a country 
better than the one we were left with. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover. And every known nook of our nation and every corner called our country, our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge. Battered and beautiful. When the day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The dawn, the new dawn blooms as we see it, see it. For there is always light. If only we are brave enough to see it. If only we are brave enough to be it. We, the followers of Jesus the Christ, must be brave enough to work for others who are less fortunate. We, the followers of Jesus, must be brave enough to seek to be generous and loving, to speak the whole truth, and speak that truth to power among us, and thereby change this world, and start leaning towards justice so that there will be peace. Without justice, there is no peace. And we, if we are brave enough, not only will be blessed, living in and by with the favor of God, but we will give God's faith to others.